Welcome to the Business of Design podcast. I'm Cheryl Horn, Director of Operations for Business of Design. A lot has changed at Business of Design since this episode originally aired. For the latest information and rates on events and membership at Business of Design, head to businessofdesign.com. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Business of Design. I'm your host, Kimberly Selden, and I'm so glad you're here because, as usual, I am always ready to talk about design. And on this episode, we have a wonderful designer from Seattle, Faith Sheridan, who is here because we had a technical glitch when we were at High Point and we recorded Faith's incredible advice and it didn't turn out. So she's giving her time freely again to repeat the same information and go into more detail. Faith Sheridan is a Seattle interior designer, as I said, and she creates luxury interiors tailored to the lifestyles of her Pacific Northwest clients. Faith's clients love classic good taste melded with a modern point of view. She focuses on private homes, rural estates, urban high-rise condos, and second homes. And her clients appreciate her no-nonsense, efficient approach And the fact that, and this is really big, we love this, she completes projects on time and on budget. That is one of the biggest offerings I can provide my clients as well. If you can guarantee your clients on time and on budget, you can charge more for the services you provide. And you can guarantee on time and on budget if you are a member of Business of Design as Faith is. She's been extremely generous with our community. And today's episode is completely consistent with how much she gives every time we connect with her. Faith launched her design firm in the late 1980s. She has been a member and is a member of ASID and was also past president of her ASID chapter in Oregon when she lived in Portland. She's also been a past member and a contributor to the first Benjamin Moore Residential Color Advisory Team. She's fearless and fierce. We had such a lively conversation at High Point. It's a pity it didn't turn out, but Faith does share everything she contributed here today. It was a general conversation about how we can do better as an industry and how sometimes we hit a wall. You know, we just come to a point where a couple of things go wrong and we're feeling dejected, we're feeling hopeless, we're wondering if maybe we shouldn't start thinking about making mochaccinos at the local Starbucks instead of being an interior design professional. And then we have to make a choice. We can sit in that as long as we want, or we can say, you know what, I am going to step out of this and I'm going to try a few new things. And Faith found herself in that position uh, nine months ago or so. And at that time, she decided she would, in fact, reach out and create a Google ad to see if it improved the quantity and quality of customers who were coming her way. What she learned on that journey and how we can benefit from that experience is what you'll hear her talk about on this episode. And near the end of the episode, she gives a shameless plug to Business of Design, which really touched me and moved me. And I thank you so much. The work we do here um, is my life's mission. And I feel so grateful to have you guys on the journey with me. Let's check in with Cheryl Horn. Episode 87, and Cheryl and I are still going strong. How are you doing, Cheryl? I'm good. How are you? (laughs) Everything is good here. We're wrapping up 2018. It's been a great 
year, but we're not done yet. We're not. Um, this week, our second last uh, group coaching session for our premium members. It's coming up on Wednesday. So registration's open. Make sure you uh, are signed up. Even if you can't attend, make sure you're registered and you'll get a copy of that recording uh, the day after. Um, as well, we'll be doing one more in December to wrap up the, the year. So make sure you're getting your questions in as well if you're not able to attend. Okay. And this is your opportunity to ask anything, you guys. So uh, take advantage of that. If you're a member, a premium member of Business of Design, ask anything. And if you're not a premium member of Business of Design, I have a really great idea for Christmas. I mean, this just like spontaneously occurred to me. Top of mind. Top of mind. You should jump in right now and become a Business of Design member. It is $67.50 for monthly membership or a ridiculously low $675 for annual membership. And that price is going up January 1 to $79.790. So big savings if you give yourself the gift of business of design right now. And we appreciate your support. It allows us to do all kinds of initiatives like flying to Malibu and uh, hosting business of design meetups and talking to uh, designers locally. And in 2019, we don't have details for you yet, but we are launching local chapters of business of design. And we want you guys to be part of that. Uh, So membership helps us create those initiatives and sustain those initiatives. And we appreciate your love and support. Yes, we've got lots planned for 2019 and we're really trying to get um, local groups started. We've got a whole group of uh, premium members that are working with us to help uh, shape what that's going to look like. I'm excited. (laughs) Talk to you soon. Welcome to the Business of Design podcast with Kimberly Selden. Business of Design is the coaching community for independent designers like you. We know it takes more than hard work and talent to successfully run a professional design firm. There are proven business strategies that can solve your immediate business challenges and transform your life. Don't try to do this alone. Join today and you'll have access to more than 100 video courses plus Kimberly Selden as your mentor and guide. Unlike traditional coaching, which can take years to produce tangible results, BOD is a fast track to immediate results for independent interior designers, decorators, architects, stagers, and landscapers just like you. Monthly membership is only $67.50. Annual members save two months and have access to Kimberly's contracts. What are you waiting for? We all know design matters. At Business of Design, we think designers matter too. Faith, it's great to see you again. And the same to you. We had the chance to hang out a little bit at High Point, and now we're uh, recording the podcast over Zoom. So we're virtually together, which is quite nice. And uh, Faith showed up to the point, and we did a Business of Design podcast. And you just brought your biggest share in the whole world uh, so generously and just gave it out to everybody listening, which I thought was amazing. And then for whatever reason, uh, the tape wasn't recording. So thank you so much for agreeing to come back and reshare what you gave us previously, because I think it was really worthwhile information. Happy to do that. Kimberly, remember, we were in the context of a discussion about people wanting to share what was working and what wasn't working in acquiring clients. It was nice that it was a small group, and for me, a very candid discussion. And uh, how we came to what I contributed was comments I made that after going to spring market, feeling uneasy, 
I came back and did something I hadn't done in years, and I did a Google ad in June. Very amateur, I'd have to say. Uh, but I did get immediately two consultations from it, so it wasn't totally bad. And then, curiously, I was contacted by Google, and I first thought maybe it was a scam, but it wasn't, uh, because apparently when you do an ad, of course, you're paying them, uh, not the person, but for the words you select. And uh, they want you to be successful and to keep doing it because that's, of course, uh, an income stream for them. So I started with a young man in July who knew nothing about our industry, uh, knew a lot about the rest, but there was an, a learning curve for him just because he didn't know our business. And so as we started to modify things moving into August, and he would look at how people were finding me in these ads. We created three campaigns. So they all, they were basically the same, but they all had a little different title. Um, and from that, we'd talk about once a month and he would um, uh, see where people, how people had landed on my ad or my sites. And then he'd run the search terms that he found. And that's how I learned of this negative keyword search. So you, you said off the top that we were having a conversation at the point, which is true, about some general dissatisfaction with the business. And you that hit a note that hurt a chord with you because you had been feeling that way in the, at the previous high point. And so right. one of the strategies for you to get out of feeling like that, to get out of the slump you were in, was to consider placing an ad in Google, which you did on your own without a lot of help. But then once you placed Correct. the ad, someone from Google actually reached out to you. Yes. And said, hey, Faith, we've got some ideas for you. I would totally have thought that was a scam, by the way. I would have been like, uh, come on, what's going on here? But so anyway, they gave you some advice and they helped you create these three campaigns, which have been effective for you, surprisingly, uh -huh. right? I'm still working with Google. I have a new Google guy, as I call him. Um, and, you know, we just keep revising this. Now, I don't know exactly what he does, Kimberly, because I'm screen sharing. And it looks pretty complicated. Really? Um, so you way can beyond see my skill You set. can see he's clicking around and typing things, but you're not 100% following. So you have this Google guy. I want a Google guy. It sounds like you get a Google guy kind of randomly, like they picked you. He told me they work with 4,000 people each quarter. And that I have not, in truth, been able to get I mean, any more definitive information than that though I've tried. <laughs> wow. So interesting. Well, you have a pretty robust social media presence. So I wonder if part of their choosing who to work with includes seeing how connected you are socially. I don't know. I don't know. Um, my sense is, because I haven't, like I said, I have a new one that I started with 
in October. Um, and he's actually in Mountain View. The other one was in Michigan. So it's, it's just hard because they don't answer that direct question. Um, just so I, I sh everybody understands, I set up a budget with him for how much I would spend a day, which is $10. So my maximum out of pocket is approximately $300 right. a month. He suggested or offered, you know, you could increase your budget. And I said, well, who would I be competing with then by spending more money than I am right now? And it was house. <laughs> right. Which like, what how a good could question. I compete with house? What a good question though, to ask him that, because of course you think, oh, if I'm getting, you know, a couple of hits a month off $10 a day, if I spend 20, then maybe I'll get, you know, five hits a month. But that was a good question to ask. So you're saying if you were to bump up to $20 a day, you would be competing with housed and other companies that are very corporate and deep pockets. Well, in my estimation, I wouldn't be competing at all because they dominate search. Right. And I'm, I'm not doing that. Um, so I, of course, continued uh, the budget that I have. And just another thing I want to share with anybody that's listening. My goal when I set up these campaigns was to think very hard about who my ideal client was and who I really wanted to find me on search. Um, and do, to be transparent about what I would charge for that two-hour on-site consultation. Mm -hmm. So I edited my services tab um, in June to make that change. It had someone become very confused. I assumed, I made the assumption that, yes, they came from my web, they were on my website, they went to my contact page, um, said, described their project, said they wanted to schedule a meeting. I spoke to them on the phone for 20 minutes. We set up the meeting. They left town. I think that was about the time I also left for High Point. And so I sent uh, a proposal or invoice, if you will, for that two-hour consultation day before or something, and I immediately get this irate phone call. And it really caught me off balance. Yeah. And I, she was accusing me of being, you know, deceitful, you know, whatever you want to say in that respect. And, and I, I just used the magic word regret that I so regretted that, that she felt that way because I had made that statement on the services tab. Now, I shared that with the Google guy and we revised my contact page so that now there's a paragraph as you start the contact page, which talks about that, what will happen with the on-site consultation and that they can go back to the services tab, which is linked in that to read more about it. So, um, 
that's a continual refinement. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to be as transparent as possible to eliminate people who aren't your customers and make way for those people who are your customers. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's genius. That's what we all want to do. And by the way, you doing all this and sharing with us is fast tracking everybody who comes after you. Like extremely, oh, yes. extremely generous of you sharing this information because right away I would know I need to make it abundantly clear that if you want to have me come to your house, it's a two hour consultation and it costs X amount of dollars. Yeah. Yep. This episode of Business of Design is brought to you by article.com. Now you guys know I am fiercely protective of you. So when article.com reached out, we said, hey, Let's do some research and see if we think this is a good fit. And you know what? I like what I see. Article.com is an online-only furniture resource. Think of it as mid-century modern meets Scandinavian simplicity. I like that very much. I also like the fact that they have a trade program and a dedicated person to help you, to support you, to get things done. That could include sourcing, invoicing, and even delivery. And speaking of delivery, everything ships for $49 regardless of size. That makes your life easy. As well, once you sign up for the trade program, you'll also have access to trade-only pricing and tax-exempt purchasing. Let's face it, we are all shopping all over the place now and it's getting pretty complicated. So I like that that streamlines everything. Most items are in stock. So if you need something quickly, this is a great resource. To take advantage of these benefits and more, go to business.article.com. That's right, business, right in the URL. I like that, business.article.com. Thank you for reaching out, Article, and we love working with you. Okay, so so it's a fine-tuning process, and you have this magic Google guy who's telling you, and then we have magic face Sheridan, who's telling us. So it's kind of like, you're, you're kind of magic to us. Okay. So you're fine tuning the process. And then now there was another element that you mentioned, I believe it was negative keywords or negative words. What is that? I've never heard of that. Well, in preparation for this conversation, I went to Google, hello, and (laughs) typed in search, ad words, and negative keywords. And, oh, magically, this whole (laughs) description of what they are and why people set them up is right there in Google search. But if you didn't know to look for it, how would you? I mean, I'd never heard of it, so how would I know to look for it? Okay, so you typed in negative keywords, and what does it tell you that those are? What it does is people that you know are not your client. You know, they're searching for things like Wayfair and designers or uh, anything like that that would be, to me, a red flag. Um, And businesses use this, you know, like uh, one example they use on uh, Google is, you know, you... um, you have a company that plans vacations for people, mm-hmm. but you don't send them to Cuba. So you take Cuba off the list. Or and you, you add Cuba. You add Cuba to your to negative. The negative list. I see. So if somebody says vacation Cuba, 
Google. They never see your ad. Google eliminates them from the person who can see your ad. Oh, okay. So when you said, before you said, like, for example, Wayfair designer, the person who's shopping at Wayfair is probably not looking to have a professional interior designer. So that's a word that you would say if they're, if they're looking for Wayfair, they're not looking for you. So for me, it would also be like do it yourself or DIY, not interested, not going to happen. Bargain, cheap, inexpensive, affordable. Don't want any of those. Okay. So it sounds like those negative words are almost as important as the positive words that you put into the mix. Well, you know, the thing is here, you're paying for those hits on your ad. So to make your budget worthwhile, you don't want to be paying for a word that's never going to bring you a customer. Right, right. Okay. Wow, that's that's really interesting. So other are there other words that you've discovered that probably aren't helpful? He, we did a lot of work, more than one session, looking at the search terms, how people got to my ads or site, and deciding, you know, is that a, word, a phrase you want? Um, or is it one that you want to be eliminated? And um, we still look at those when I talk to them and we look at the analytics to see um, what they are. Uh, obviously, the, you know, the other side of this is when you become that um, specific, if you will, then you're going to get fewer hits, you know, mm, right. um, so every month I get some, a summary, which comes from another part of Google, but anyway, it's still the same thing. And it will tell how many people went to your site. And um, so you, you see kind of site visits, you know, if they're up or down. Right. Um, and some of those other factors that I mostly ignored for many, many years. And so what I see now is my uh, visitors to my site and to my website from the ad are up. Um, the bounce rate, which everybody, ta- a lot of bloggers talk about bounce rate, um, is down. Mine had been pretty high before I started this process. Wow, um, good. That's very so promising. It has delivered some clients to me um define some clients are they a consultation only um has any of them turned into a project yes really i'm working with someone now who called me maybe about five weeks ago six weeks ago um very much the ideal client you know um from alaska have a condo here, have another condo, condo in Santa Barbara. Um, they want a total refresh of the one here. They're leaving after Thanksgiving. And uh, they that's what we're doing. It's a big project. No. Um, so this is paying off. This is working. Right. Wow. And I, I always say, Kimberly, at the rate of my consultation, which is around 500, that 
doing one to two obviously pays for that three hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Just a consultation, yeah. let alone a project, right. which is you know hits it out of the ballpark. Uh-huh. Um, I would much rather have one person a month find my website who is my ideal customer than a thousand people who aren't. So often when we're talking about Google Analytics, it's all about quantity, quantity, quantity. You don't need quantity. You really don't. What you need is quality. Correct. Wow. That's my feeling. And I, I run this around in my brain all the time. You know, do, I mean, obviously I outsource some areas of my business, but I really like being a designer. Uh, so like this upcoming project, once they get, uh, off to Santa Barbara after Thanksgiving, it's cause we did the major, um, meeting step five on Friday. We're going to tweak that a little bit. Um, and then it's on to me managing, you know, what goes on the rest of the, time, um, which is very flexible because I'm doing it on my time. I have good subs and all of that stuff. So um, that's kind of a sweet spot, you know? Wow. And it's a sweet spot from an avenue that you had not even thought about exploring previously. So, you know, the reality is sometimes we hit these little walls and we feel like dejected or like, oh, the business is changing so fast. I don't know if I feel like adapting myself one more time. Um, but sometimes those slumps can be really good for us. They make us say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to try something new because I actually do really like being an interior design professional. I'm glad you said that because often on the podcast, we forget, you know, we're so busy talking about all the many things that can go wrong and all the ways we can be hurt. But the fact is, it's an actually really lovely, satisfying career if you happen to be able to juggle a lot of balls all at the same time while there's a fire burning at your feet. (laughs) Yes, yes. And um, I've done a lot of condos. This is a condo. So um, I think the skills that I have with uh, condo design um, are serving me well. Um, And I think that's in one of my keywords that I added to this, you know, condo design was one. Um, so, you know, I, I'm with you, like less is more, mm-hmm. um, and getting into a competition. I try to avoid doing that with, you know, how many clients do you have right now? Because sometimes they're just not the clients you want. No, I mean, you could Period. make a lot of money with one perfect client and lose money with seven not perfect mm-hmm. clients. I, I agree. There's Been way there. too much emphasis on the quantity. Um, but it sounds like you are about to grow your business in a really healthy, amazing way. I mean, wouldn't it be great if every client fell into the sweet spot? Like that's potentially what you're talking about, creating that for yourself. Yes, yes. And the good news is the Google guy told me, 
he'll be working with me until next March. <laughs> oh my gosh. Look at, we're all like crossing our fingers. I want a Google guy. I want a Google guy. That's amazing. That's so good. What's really amazing though, is that you were willing to share that because I remember a time in the not too distant past where nobody would share anything with anyone. And uh, I'm happy to see that that's changing and to recognize that, you know, my success is not going to hurt your success and vice versa. Uh, but instead, we can all do better and grow our businesses at the same time. So that's really, really generous of you. You know that we end every podcast with something we call design intervention. And um, oh, that's this is, you know, this is, Faith has a, a robust career and lots of experience. So you have a lot of different avenues you could pull from. But if there was some other category of assistance you would like to share with people listening, what would it be? I think it's good to share, like we're doing right now, to be able to have the counsel of other designers. I think it's really important for the younger designers that are entering the profession now because they may know CAD like crazy, but in my experience, to date, I find that they don't know the finer points of doing a day-to-day -day business. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, I hope this uh, plug, I mean, I sincerely mean it. I often say when I'm interviewed that they'd be well to start subscribing monthly, if that's all they can afford, to business of design because it's all right there. And because I'm pretty sure that's not a part of the curriculum, or if it is, it's a very small part of the curriculum. And why not? I mean, we all we all want success, want to pay off our school loans or whatever it is. Why not create shortcuts for people? Right, right, right. That's so nice of you. Thank you. That's that's extremely generous of you. One of my big goals is to get into the schools and start providing education because. Shockingly, I graduated in 1991. I don't think the business education for designers has improved one iota in all those years. No, and I think there's a lot of forces, in fact, fighting against us, giving very bad information to designers and trying to keep us small. So um, look, Could be. yeah, look at us. We're out there saying, don't be small. Don't be afraid. You, you got this. I think it's so important. And because I get you know, tired because the incessant questions around which software to use, which business software, for example. Right. And it, that in itself is a tool. It's not an end. Right. If you don't have so, systems and procedures, those tools aren't going to help you. That's right. And it's just, there's not a magic bullet in <clears throat> whichever software you decide to move on. Um, and I have strong preferences based on something I've used for nearly 10 years. But um, I think we focus on the wrong things. And I mean, maybe uh, chapters of the various professional groups in design can just offer scholarships to business of design. Oh, that's a fun idea. I like that. We're actually working uh, for 2019 to launch business of design meetings, which would be not for profit wow. Um, we, we're to, our plan is not to make any money off them, but to empower the leaders locally, uh, 
to create the curriculums that they need for their local designers. So that's something really exciting uh, that's happening in our world. But yeah, we it is exciting. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you'll be my first call when we're ready with Seattle. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for giving your time so generously. And you're invited back anytime you have something you want to talk about. There's just a lot we could learn from you. Thank you very much. And if I have any exciting things happen with uh, my Google guy, (laughs) I'll let you. (laughs) All right. Take care. Thank you for being part of the Business of Design community. If you love what we do, please show your support by subscribing to the podcast and rating our efforts. Remember, you can be a part of the podcast by sharing your comments, ideas, and questions via the BOD hotline at 416-780-9187, extension 107, or by sending an MP3 file to info at businessofdesign.com. And when you're ready to transform your business and your life, sign up for a monthly or annual membership. Together, we will achieve extraordinary results. Start today.